Hey, Danny, check me out. Uh, are you wearing an Ocean Pacific tee? Yep, got it on eBay. Is that a skateboard? Yep, found the old plank in the uh, attic. Is that a half pipe in our backyard? I've been working on it all day. Jessica, are you, this doesn't seem safe. You're not even wearing knee pads. Oh, those are for noobs, Danny. Okay, okay, you ready? I'm going to go do a 720 gazelle flip. That's very confusing language, but it does not sound safe. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Are, are you watching? Yeah, I'm watching. Okay, okay, here I go. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, Oh, Jessica. Oh, this is such a bad idea, Danny. Why'd you let me do this? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, this is such oh my a bad gosh. Idea. Oh, oh, you're really injured. Oh, it hurts. I think I broke every bone in my body. You oh. don't. Oh, but how are your oh. knees? I, I don't know. Those seem fine. There's a bone underneath one of them, though, that is protruding out of the skin. I, can you just please, but, but please your, get help? But your knees are fine. Yes, Danny, my knees are fine. Please get help. Oh, that was a close one. Jessica. Yes. Are you ready to travel back in time to a magical land? I am so ready. A land of Coca-Cola. Yep. And shopping malls. Yeah. And Nirvana, uh, who had their first album in 1989. Oh. Are you ready to go back in time to a magical world of Green Day, um, who formed in 1986? Oh. Uh, a magical world of construction workers. <laughs> And, like, cars. Remember cars? Yeah, oh, I remember I miss cars. cars. Remember televisions? <laughs> it's like two skits in one episode. I remember music still on MTV. <laughs> I didn't say MTV. I said television. The concept in and of itself. Well, I know, but sometimes you would believe that MTV was the end-all be-all of the 80s. Just... You know, pop because pop culture. Yes. Although for me, the the MTV was all about the 90s. Mm. Remember the 90s? Let's talk about the 90s <laughs> instead today. No, we are talking about... What we should be talking about is forget and not slow down as we record right. on the Well, no, we're talking about... Today's episode is about in love with the 80s, parenthetical pink tux to the prom. But... We're recording on the day in which Forget and Not Slow Down has its 10th anniversary. And everyone on Twitter and the social media is all excited. And I'm like, oh, is that today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oops. So I guess we could have done a Forget and Not Slow Down We song. knew it was coming up. We didn't know. Well, I knew it was this year because everyone's been talking about it all yeah. year. Like that's yeah. been, everyone's been asking Relying K and they replied to that one, you know, hoops, whoever runs the official account replied to that one tweet said, is there going to be a forget not slow down anniversary tour? People have been asking that all years, but I didn't know it was October 2nd, uh, October 6th. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we're recording October 6th, 2019. (laughs) But no, instead I begged Danny to please let us do in love with the eighties this week. (laughs) Last week we talked about the board. We talked about the whiteboard and on which Jessica has... The four songs that she's looking forward to doing the most. And last week's episode was quite heavy. 
you know, talking about God, the song God, and talking about our backgrounds and church and our so beliefs. So I thought, and stuff. let's just so do like, a really fun, goofy song, which happens to be my all time favorite Reliant K song. Yes. You know, also, we could have done Nancy Drew this week because the CW has a new Nancy Drew show yeah. the day this episode is going to come yep. out. There were so many timely songs yep. we could have done, but instead we're doing In Love with the 80s because the, the 80s, 80s are perennial. Yeah. You can do them anytime. Yeah. The 80s are timeless. Everybody always loves the 80s. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was like, let's do this song because this song was a hit. And Danny was like, Jessica, this song was not a hit. And I was like, whatever. Lots of people love it. Guaranteed. That's what I said about this week, The Trend. This is the opposite conversation. Last <laughs> yeah. When we did yeah. this week, The Trend, I was like, oh, that's a hit. And you're like, I don't think so. Yeah. And you were right and whatever. No, this song is actually like a minor hit. It was on the Employee of the Month EP. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So they were possibly pushing this song. Either Relying K or Goatee Records were possibly pushing this song to be like a big song for them. But then I, when in researching this song on YouTube, Mm -hmm. one thing is I did not find a lot of covers, which usually is a sign of a song not being a big hit, right? Right, right. But what I did find was a ton of cell phone footage of this song. People, and that's like a, that's kind of a aggregator of of a song being popular is like cell phones aren't very 80s danny i mean they are but like more like car phones and like those giant brick phones phones. video phones not so much but what you find with this song when you search it on youtube is a ton of people uploading relying k playing this song particularly from like 2007 Mm -hmm. i found oh wow dozen with both with both the johns and dave on drums they played this song a lot in that period and tons of people uploaded single videos of just that song from concerts they went to and the girls in all these concerts were singing the song um yes but yeah so this is a bit of a hit because i think people love this song like i said like in all that live footage everyone was singing this song it's so good but uh we do have more top of the show business before we get to that so this week we got one email it's really long. It's from he he's, he loves Reliant K. I think we're gonna read it next week, depending on what song we do, because we have okay. a lot to get through this week. So, yeah. John Savage, I apologize, we can't get to your email this week, but we will get to it next week or or well soon. Um, Did you say John Savage? Yes. <laughs> Any relation to '80s icons Ben or Fred? I guess one's more a little bit. Of yeah, the 90s, well, but, but but the the Boy Meets World one is more of a '90s. Yeah. But no, I, well, I don't know. Why am I saying no? I have no idea. Fred. I mean, Ben. I mean, what's your name? <laughs> I'm sorry. John. John Savage. Let us know. Are you related to the Savage Brothers? I have no idea. Or. We'll find that out next week. Or current icon, Derek Savage. Oh, yes. The creator of, <laughs> of cool, cool Cat, Cat Loves You and Cool Cat Stops the School Shooting. And Cool Cat Saves the Kids. And Cool Cat Loves the Kids. Cool Cat this kid superhero that's the best movie ever made <laughs> oh my gosh if you're not familiar with john Sa- jessica and i love derek savage john savage wrote us the email <sighs> jessica you're just being savage on me it's ridiculous <laughs> um yes well, we'll get to that email next week so one thing i want to mention is last week i mentioned i said when we after we talked about god the song uh-huh. i said i would put out a twitter poll and ask everybody do you believe in God? That's yeah. just the question. Just taking the line right out of the song and asking, do you believe in God? I specified on Twitter a little bit more. I said, 
we said at the end of, of this week's episode that we'd run this poll. Aside from your specific religion and belief system, do you believe in God? And of our listeners, or at least our Twitter followers, who knows if they're listening, uh, 42 people voted. And 76% said they do believe in God, no matter what their belief system might specifically be. Uh, 14% said no. Mm -hmm. And 10% gave the it's complicated that I also said I'd give. Right on. Um, One other minor thing in the Reliant K world is, yes, today is... It's what time is it? It's six thirty on the West Coast on forget and not slow down day, right? Mm-hmm. And like about at around six o'clock, I coined the phrase, I coined F A N S D. No wait, F A N S day. Get uh-huh. it? Yes, I it, get it looks better than it sounds saying out loud. Yep. But it's the forget and not slow down acronym. But I took the D and turned that into day. Yep. And I'm like, this is what everyone should have been using all day. I was super excited. Did you tweet this? I did tweet it, yeah. Right, right on. Nice, nice. Um, but on Forget and Not Slow Down Day, John Warren popped back up onto Twitter. And oh, he's just, appropriate. Yes. Because like everyone was tweeting about the album. Like uh-huh. Ethan Luck was tweeting about it. John Schneck was tweeting about it. I guess the only ones that weren't clearly tweeting about it were <laughs> the Mats. Um, but... Well, no, they've been real quiet so that nobody bugs them to be like, hey, guys, what's the official track list? That's the other thing we had to talk about. We'll talk (laughs) about the track list after that. So um, John Warren popped up and he's like, thinking about getting back on Twitter. Anything happened while I was out? Someone catched me up and I was like, ooh, got to tell them about the podcast. There's no way I don't sound thirsty. There's no no way we don't sound thirsty. Yeah. Danny even took my phone to do a tweet from my account. (laughs) It's true. Here's the thing. Obviously, John Schneck's been the only one who's interacted with the podcast. I just want everyone to know we exist. I just want... Yes, it's thirsty. I'm sorry. But I just want some validation, accreditation that, like, the band knows the podcast exists. Here's the thing. We're not going to bug you. Here's the... Yes, that's the thing. This is what I, and I have not said this online because I'm like, there's no way to tweet this without sounding like um, I'm forcing something, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it on the podcast right now. I'm friends with a lot of people who have band podcasts. Mm -hmm. There's Blink-155, there's Magnified Pod, there's This Might Be a Podcast, who do the, he does the They Might Be Giants podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one, oh, and and there's something else we have to talk about, our friend David Park, who created the end theme song for us. Mm-hmm. He did the instrumental version of uh, and the punker version of Crayons Could Melt On Us for our podcast. He now has a Jimmy World podcast that's starting up this week. All of those podcasts want or have gotten people from the band to be on the podcast. Right. We might be one of the only <laughs> podcasts that are specifically about one band that have no interest in interviewing the band on the podcast. I yeah. just want to make that clear. Again, if I say this in social media, it sounds like we're trying to trap them or something. Like, yeah. hey, man, we're cool. Let me say this with my voice and make you believe it if you ever hear this. We will never bother any of the members of Reliant K to be on our podcast. Nope. As it is, we have we have one guest planned, right? And he's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Who's, in, who's like in another a, band. A good bit down in the future. Yes. And we have other listeners who are asking to be on the podcast. 
They're like, oh my gosh, you're a Reliant K podcast. We want to. We had someone pop up recently, just this week. Um, we had people in a, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to have like new friends that we've made online be on the podcast. I would love mm-hmm. for that to happen. We don't know what that is yet. We don't know. Do we have guests on for the full episode? Do we just do a little segment at the beginning or the end or the middle? Either way, we're only having like friends and people we've met who want to be on the podcast. We're not bothering anybody for an interview. No. That's never happening. We are riddled with way too much anxiety yep. to ever let that happen. <laughs> I mean, if one of the members of Reliant K past or present wanted to come on and they like really wanted to, like <laughs> yeah. they they listen. For like they some don't have reason. any other platform. They have no other platform. They're just like, hey, you guys seem fun. <laughs> Let's come on and have a conversation. I mean, we're not going to turn them down. No, but we well, are not I'm actively. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> that's up to you, Jess. We're not actively seeking. <laughs> So, yeah, so John Warren pops back up on Twitter. I was like, just got to make him know about the podcast. Just got to put that out there. As it is, if Hoops is the one who runs the Reliant K Twitter account, as people have said, I'm sure he's already annoyed with me because one of the th- one of our main ways of promoting, the- one of my main ways of promoting the podcast is just to like everything on social media that is tagged Reliant K. Right. So those people who made that post know we exist. It's up to them to decide are they interested or not but that's like the free way mm-hmm. to do this right yeah do we have any more top of the show business i want to get into the song i'm excited and i feel like we've been talking about other things for entirely too long i suppose that's it oh the track list that's the last thing to mention so yeah right. days ago the band was like at this point it was like five days ago they're like clo- voting is closed the track list for the special vinyl will be announced tomorrow, and it's been days. And people That's like so every upset. time Anonymous, the hacker group Anonymous, <laughs> oh, is like, yeah. we've got something big coming, guys. We're releasing it. This is going to break the world. It's oh breaking gosh, the internet, and it right. never happens. That's got to be our next social media post. <laughs> now I'm a little bit afraid, though, like that Anonymous is going to come after me. Like Anonymous is, Anonymous is supposedly such a big deal that any time... Because I, I don't know how to spell the word anonymous. So anytime I ask Siri to put the word anonymous into something, they always capitalize it. So oh, like wow. Apple thinks anonymous is the anonymous. Not right. that I would just want the word. Right. Anyway. So yes, track listing. We're waiting on the Reliant K track listing. I tweeted a joke and I was like, hey, maybe Reliant K is holding back the track list because they're giving it to us as an exclusive. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but folks, it wasn't a joke. I didn't tell Jessica. Just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I didn't want to string you along for too long. <laughs> She'd be so mad if I like kept going with it. Could you imagine though? So welcome new listeners who Danny lied to on the internet and you think we're about to give you the exclusive track listing. Welcome as you're hitting unsubscribe and cancel and delete. Yeah. Um, and they badmouthed Anonymous. <laughs> So yes, last top of the show business also is, I just mentioned it, but I just want to emphasize it one more time. Our friend David Park, who recorded our outro music, he has a new song-by-song podcast for the band Jimmy Eat World. It is called Jimmy Eat Pod. I don't think I actually said the name of the podcast, so got to mention that. Please subscribe to them. Super excited about that. So yes. And that is our, our top of the show business. So Jessica... Woo woo! What are you wearing to the prom? <laughs> Let's see. I wore a. Uh, it was in burgundy, but I wore a red dress, a dark red dress. 
That's so nice that you And a prom. half up, half down hairdo. We didn't really have a prom at my school. Not for Christian reasons, although it was a Christian <laughs> high school, but because our high school was like 10 people. Well, so was mine, but um, here's what we did. So my, my graduating class was six. Mm-hmm. And... But was your school a Christian school? No. Yeah. So our junior year, we didn't have a a prom my senior year or any of the other years. Just one year, my school decided to partner with a homeschool co-op group Mm -hmm. that also wanted to do a prom. And we did it all together. Mm-hmm. Although they would not, it was not Christian, but they would not play certain songs. Like, like my date, he requested for them to play Yeah by Usher, oh. <laughs> which was a very popular song at the time. And they were like, no, it's too dirty. And they wouldn't <laughs> let us play it. <laughs> but, okay, so there was a guy. So my friend who I talk about Every now and then when it comes up who I went to my first Reliant K show with, who also was into Reliant K, uh-huh. she went to the same prom and her prom date wore pink pants to the prom. Ooh. Not a full on pink tux, but pink pants. In fact, I have a picture for you right here, Danny. Are you serious? You have this ready? <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I've seen that picture of you at the prom and whoever the hell that is, I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> my, my prom date. I know. I'm going to kick his ass. Oh, Here's wow. I've yeah. never seen these pictures. Now, he did not wear the pink pants because of the song. Although my friend and I like to joke about it because we loved Reliant K. Right. It but looks yeah. like he's wearing a Mickey hat. The it, guy. It does, yeah. But it's actually too. just a Mickey thing on the on the back. <laughs> yeah. Because you grew up in Celebration, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Which is the town that literally Disney built. Yes. But then they unincorporated away from the Disney Corporation. Yeah. But not while you lived there. Correct. Anyway, it looks like that one kid is so this, this guy hat. is wearing white shoes, like white Pee Wee Herman shoes, uh-huh. uh, pink pants, a white belt, a purple and white striped shirt mm-hmm. with the, the French collar and cuffs, and a white tie. Huh. And of course, he has frosted tips because nice. <laughs> mid-2000s. Well, my school, that's, a, that's amazing. Well, my school didn't really have a prom. We had like a dinner thing, to as like a prom. Oh, that's your. That, I'm gonna kick his ass. <laughs> that's your. That it's Jessica's prom photo with her date. Um. Yeah, we didn't really have a prom in my school. We had like it, and again, it wasn't like a Christian thing. It was just like a. How awkward will this be if the like the ten people who know right. each other. Right. You saw. So there, it was Danny, like a nice. Was... So we did like a nice dinner thing at my school. Right. So sorry, I saw what. Okay, you saw, you saw the the group of girls and the yeah, group of boys. This was the total of people from my school, and actually, two of these people. One of them is my cousin. So these three on the end were part of the homeschool co-op. That one looks like your cousin Justin. That is my cousin. That Justin. is your cousin Justin. <laughs> Justin was part of the homeschool co-op. He's also oh. developed a taste for Miller Lite. <laughs> so we had. I thought it was just you know he just looked like a general Florida guy. Six of us. Six of us represented our school. Nice. At this prom. Represent. Actually, I take it back. There's two more who weren't in this photo. So. Not pictured Mrs. Eisenhower. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great reference. (laughs) So that's wonderful. An almost 80s reference. The closest thing I ever had to a prom 
was you and me went to Awesome 80s Night. Yeah, we went of, to the Awesome 80s Prom in New York. Was it called a prom? Or it was. It, oh, it was called Awesome 80s Prom. That's right, because there were characters in it and stuff. Yep, class of Wanna Get High, 1989. <laughs> so, you know, there are these, so just for people who might not know, there are these franchise parties around the country that are like these like, special ideas for parties. The Probably the one that's popular right now in sort of the adjacent circle of this podcast would be Emo Night. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you go to Emo Night in different cities, and I don't know if like someone actually owns the copyright of that. Right, right. But it seems like they're all related or whatever or something like that. But apparently each city of Emo Night has a different... Like some cities have real emo, uh-huh. and some cities have pop punk. Do some cities have emo Phillips? That would be the best idea ever. That's such a good idea. You go to emo night and it's just an emo. <laughs> Everyone's showing up in like their My Chemical Romance or whatever. Depending. And then they walk in. It's just an emo Phillips stand-up routine. That's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. I don't even know where to go from that. Oh, right, right, right. So there are these franchise concept parties. Right. And one of them is called the Awesome 80s Prom. And it happens in multiple cities. And when we lived in New York, mm-hmm. we went to the one there and you actually go, you show up in costume, you go to a party, there's a bar, it's like set up like a prom. Mm-hmm. And then they have basically these interactive characters walking around. And they do a little bit of a show because the yeah. characters get named king and queen and they they have yeah. all the stereotypes. There. And then like, I think like the bad boy shows up to win back the 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 preppy girl or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but Jessica insisted I wear something pink when we went to this. Yep. We're living in New York and I'm like flat broke, right? Like I don't have the money and like finding a, so I, so I was like, I cannot buy a pink tux. I cannot buy a pink suit. I can't buy a suit. Right. right. So I'm like, so I, so I, I plead this to Jessica and she's like, well, if you find a pink tie, yeah, the only pink tie I could find, it was probably like a Joseph A. Bank or something. Yeah. And it was like $40. It was so much money. And I had to get it. I was like, she, this, this makes her dream come true. I wore a pink tie to the prom. Yeah. We got to find that photo and put it online when this episode comes out. Yeah. So yeah, that was our pink prom whatever (laughs) so the song we're talking about this week is called in love with the 80s pink tux to the prom from the album three lefts don't make i always get this song two lefts don't make a right right, but five score and seven years ago do exactly i wish that my old myspace was still around because i 100 percent had a quiz of the like stuff you should know or stuff you should know about me or whatever. And one of my questions was, because those were multiple choice. And one of my questions was, who got a bloody knee on a skateboard <laughs> in the half pipe in the backyard that Tuesday night? Nice. Yeah, this is a, I love this song. This is a great song. I remember, um, like I said, like I've talked about this in the past, but all the EPs, the early EPs, um, creepy, the original creepy EP, uh, employee of the month, I got all those when they were new, and mm-hmm. I would, and a uh, 2000 AD, ADD, and um, anyway, Employee of the Month EP was the one that I listened to relentlessly. Like, I actually loved that CD in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if when I packed my CD wallet for the car, I would think in terms of, like, what are my longest CDs, and what are my favorite, and there's only right. so much room in my CD wallet, and whatever, you know what I mean? So I, <laughs> I had this whole regimen of, like, Every couple days, going to my CD collection and switching stuff out. 
But the Employee of the Month CD is one that I always was listening to because I loved this song. I loved For the Band. Let me go grab it real quick. <laughs> I should have it on the desk. Uh, it had a oh, Penny Loafer Saved, a Penny Loafer Earned. I love that song <laughs> so much. See, and these are all the songs. These are among the songs that I knew really well before Bird and the B-Sides came out. Yeah. So when Bird and the B-Sides came out, you loved it. But I think they, like I've talked about before, I think they remixed these songs for mm-hmm. the Bird and the B-Side version. And I wasn't happy with that because I used to listen to the Employee of the Month EP continuously. Um... Yeah, so this is a song that I heard many times. Now, you know it's funny, and I just found, I just figured this out today while doing my research. Also, I did my research on this song super late. Normally, I do it a couple days before, so I have more time to, like, find other things. But, like, right up to the last minute, I was looking for stuff online. And on the Employee of the Month EP, they spell 80s out like the word. Oh, wow. But then on oh, yeah. two lefts, it's spelled with the numbers. Oh, yeah. 80S. Yeah. Yeah, huh. and I figured that out because I went to I went to the songs page for Discogs to uh-huh. see if this was, like, on any compilations or any soundtracks or something. Mm-hmm. And when I go to it, I'm like, wait, they didn't list Employee of the Month EP, right? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't in the, in yeah. the list of all the places this song has appeared. Then I find out that Discogs doesn't realize... Because one is spelled the word and one is spelled the numbers that they're the same song. Huh. So, what's up there? What are you in love with, Reliant K? You can't be in love with both the 80s, the word, and the 80s, the numbers. Or can you? That's funny. I was just trying to look because when I typed this into Apple Music the other day, I accidentally typed in love with the 80 instead of in love with the 80s. And it gave me totally different songs. Oh, okay. Like Reliant K didn't even show up. So I was just trying to do it again now because I didn't like, I didn't take a screenshot on my phone when I did it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to look at it again and it didn't do it this time. It came up with Reliant K and mm. Goat Single by Lil TJ. Yeah. I said, yeah, like I know what you're talking about. I just, I meant that more like, yeah, that's funny. You big Lil TJ fan, babe? <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> Welcome to the internet's number one big little TJ. Wait, <laughs> I'm little TJ. Welcome to the, the internet's number one little TJ f- fan podcast, where we go song by song. So anyway, that is in love with the '80s. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, we have so much more to talk about. So getting into the song specifically, um, did you ever own an Ocean Pacific tea? Because you experienced a little bit more of the 80s than I did, so... Yeah, you know what? I didn't... I, I've never even actually learned what Ocean... I just, from context, from context clues, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Ocean Pacific is some sort of... A surf. brand. It's a brand. Yeah. But I never looked any further into it. Like, I remember other brands, like Bumware. Remember Bum? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were maybe, like, Hobie or Hobby. I always just assumed it was Hobie because that's what... It's another word for mushroom. Uh-huh. And they have like a mushroom iconography in their stuff. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember Ocean Specific at all. The only place I've ever heard this is in this song. I believe that it existed. It's just, it never hit me. And even after they sang it, I never had any interest to go look up Ocean Pacific. Were you more of a bugle boy? <laughs> <laughs> I was more of a Buster Brown. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, in the 90s, I was like, an, I loved Airwalks. Yeah. I owned the same pair of Airwalks twice in a row because my mom bought me this one pair of like beige Airwalks. And then I had my own money. And one day I went to Newberry Comics and they had that exact same pair in my size. And she hadn't bought them for me in Newberry Comics. She bought them for me at some shoe store or something. But they had the exact same pair of shoes on clearance. And like, I'm what, 13 and I have the money for them. I'm like, I'm going to buy my own shoes for the first time. I was super excited. This is the most Danny story ever. But then I take them to school. I put them on, right? And I go to one of my friends and I'm like, these are brand new shoes. Like they look exactly the same as the old ones, but they're brand new. And he's like, I don't believe you. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't believe me? I love that they were beige too. Not like, <laughs> like I had a pair of Airwalks that were like that, that shiny uh, plastic right. coated material. Uh-huh. And they looked like they were like galaxies. I had some of those. I recently actually bought a pair of Airwalks because we went to a closing down Payless just to see what that was like. Oh, right. And they had like a pair of Airwalks to my size. And I was like, well, this is a throwback and I love it. And I actually wore them today. Very cool. <laughs> so um, when this song came out, I'm like, oh, this this is, this song was among the reasons why I loved Reliant K. Mm-hmm. Because I've always oh, yeah. loved bands that have sort of high concept songs where each song kind of has its own character, takes you to a world. But specifically, I like that in the punk or pop punk or maybe alternative or definitely ska sort of realm. Like any band where each song has a very distinct character. I'm a big fan of story songs. Yeah. All those like 1970s like story songs, like classic rock and their own sort of songbook. I love those songs. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why I'm really drawn to Reliant K and specifically this song. So I loved this song when it came out because it's just so, it's fun. And the thing is, I really feel that Reliant K was way ahead of the 80s nostalgia curve, right? So this album comes out in 2003. We've had this, Jessica and I have had this discussion many, many times about 80s nostalgia. 80s nostalgia pretty much started in 1992. Too, yeah. right like 80s nostalgia it's just never went away there, people yeah. didn't pe- people did not want to leave the 80s and people have never left the 80s nowadays 80s nostalgia is super ubiquitous we're still in 2019 and the conversation jessica and i have had is the difference between 90s nostalgia and 80s nostalgia 80s nostalgia as far as i'm concerned and maybe people have a different experience but it's really kicks off with the wedding singer right in my so world. good which is 1997. They're not even seven years away from the end of the 80s. And they do this big 80s nostalgia thing. Like nowadays, you still have the Goldbergs and stuff that like is is basically copying that formula. They even did that crossover episode. Yikes. (laughs) My mom loved that episode. And Danny and I were like, ooh. (laughs) Although we love both of those things separately, it should be noted that the Goldbergs is the only sitcom Danny and I watch. Yeah. It's one of the only network shows we watch. It is. That and Bob's Burgers. And that's like it. I still watch The Simpsons. I've still watched every episode of The Simpsons ever. Probably. I'm sure if there's one I've missed, I'm never going to go back and be able to find it. Yeah. So anyway, so 80s nostalgia, as far as I'm concerned, is like starts in the 90s, really gets going in the late 90s. And people are already nostalgic for the 80s. 90s nostalgia doesn't really start 
until like the last four years or so. Yeah, even sooner it feels there were like. Chan- there were times where 90s nostalgia tried to catch on. Like I remember there was like, I, rem- I remember in, ni- in like 2009, Blink-182 gets back together from, their- from being broken up. Uh, no Doubt comes back together. Creed comes back from, well, even though they're more of a 2000s, but they are late 90s. Like, basically, these sort of late 90s bands Dan, and mid-90s Dan, did you welcome bands. Creed back with arms wide open? I did not. Sorry, but thank you very much. I did not. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I remember this time specifically thinking in the mid, in the late first decade of the 2000s, all of these 90s bands are getting back together. Is this the beginning of 90s nostalgia? And it wasn't really. And the yeah. thing is, like, Jessica and I have talked about this so much, 90s nostalgia took forever because it's hard to peg one specific feeling and look of the 90s because the 90s was really like two and a half decades. Yeah. I, I would say three. Yeah. It's like three different decades. You have the early 90s, you have the mid 90s, and you have the late 90s. And, and this is different times entirely. Speaking of the Goldbergs, this is why Danny and I were like, we were like schooled, which is a spinoff. Right, of the Goldbergs. Set, set in the, in the 90s. 90s. You can't say it was 1990 something and you were downloading Nirvana off of Napster. Like, right. it doesn't make sense. Well, people would download work. Not, People would yeah, download Nirvana off Napster. You weren't going to they, a Nirvana but show. But then they wouldn't home. go to a Nirvana yeah. show. Show with their Napster CDR and no. the thing. They wouldn't go see Blink-182 and and uh, like Tiffany or something. Like that's, uh, you yeah. can't mix that stuff together. Like the Goldbergs has those moments where it's like they're going to see the, the 1989 Batman. It's like, well, that's 1989's Batman. So are we already at the end of the 80s? Like, no, it's like one folded decade yeah. of time. But you can't do that for the 90s. The only thing that bothers me about the Goldbergs is that Erica, the sister in her bedroom, has a Christian Slater poster. I'm like, Christian Slater was not a thing until 1989, and he's much more, like, more synonymous with the early 90s. We will get back to the talking about the song, but the last thing I believe, Jessica's told me this, and I understand exactly what you're saying. We will get back to talking about the song, but my theory about why 90s nostalgia took so long to get in place, because now when you go to Urban Outfitters, or Urban Outfitters, it's mm-hmm. all like Saved by the Bell t-shirts. Yeah. There's this neon thing. They figured out a version of the aesthetic 90s to now market. Like all these EDM artists have it. And like there's, you know, it ex- it's out there in the world now in marketing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think 90s nostalgia took so long compared to 80s nostalgia is that people out of the 80s, the 80s being their heyday, came out of the 80s with tons of money. Yep. So they were like, I have tons of money and influence. I want products and things that remind me of the happiest decade of my life. Give me more 80s. Mm-hmm. Keep the 80s bands around. I will give them money. Yeah. Make all the marketing around 80s nostalgia. I will give it all money, right? But 90s kids come out of the 90s with not <laughs> yeah. that much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not that much influence. Now they sort of do, right? Now, but not even to the extent. Because any you don't look around and go, oh, 90s culture everywhere, like you do with 80s. There is no stranger things of the 90s. Right. Maybe because, maybe 90s kids are finally getting money because of YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're all following, like, the, you know, these late millennials or early millennials, the older millennials have got all this money now because of the internet. Like the internet 
the early people who who got rich off the internet were Gen Xers and like and very old millennials who were like getting that from like e-commerce and stuff like the the original dot com bubble and all that stuff. But now the people who are becoming super rich off the internet are Instagram influencers and stuff, and they've got the money. I feel and they like want it just actually passed by our generation. The like Instagram influencers and stuff; <laughs> those are like young millennials. Those are people who are kids now. I don't know, like. Pretty much all, and I'm not just talking about me because I make MXPX memes, but all <laughs> meme makers are in their 30s. Like, a lot of them are. But are you making bank? I'm not saying, yeah, they are. The big meme people are. I'm not because I'm just making MXPX memes, but I'm just saying. Are you saying that MXPX memes is not a lucrative business? It's not. <laughs> MXPX, it's time to pay me. Come on. <laughs> I'm just joking, but... um. Back to this song. One thing, now listening to it, so all that talk just now helps the bass for this about the song. When I listened to this song, it was so ahead of the 80s nostalgia curve that we now have, Mm -hmm. right? That it doesn't even sound super 80s-ish. Like, nowadays there's vaporwave and, like, retrowave and all of this really heavy, heavy... 80s nostalgia stuff. Yeah, like the midnight. Yeah, like they like there's a real nostalgic feeling in those songs. Mm-hmm. Like you're in a Kmart, like in the middle of the racks, like waiting yeah. for your mom because you're <laughs> bored. Like they there are these new artists online who have figured out pegging the 80s sound, whether it was actually there. Because when you listen to old 80s music, it doesn't sound as heavily handed as vaporwave and stuff like mm-hmm. that this has that like synthy keyboard it thing. does but it's like a little looser like there wasn't yeah. really a thing for relying k to be harping off of the, for right. this because like i mean 1985 by bowling for soup does not have an 80s sound it's no. just about an 80s person yeah. but that song didn't even exist yet like they were i don't know of other songs that were about the 80s the way that this one is right um, so they didn't, they couldn't, didn't have another predecessor. They were like the proto, this is like proto, proto vaporwave. This is like, <laughs> we're going to do an 80s throwback thing. And it's just going to sound like 2003 pop rock. This isn't even pop punk. It's like pop rock. It's almost like, it's more like we, the Weezer side of Reliant K I often talk mm-hmm. about. How I think of Reliant K more of like a Weezer than, an, than a Blink-182 or an MXPX. Right. And they've just added Retrowave. That. Vaporwave's a little more like 90s. <sighs> they like to incorporate now those. Now who's the uh... influencer? <laughs> now you're going to tell me what shipping means? <laughs> and thirst trap? You're going to explain that to me? All those words I don't understand? So, uh, Yeah. Did you ever cut class through the first floor window? I did not. My school was in a basement. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> no, it was like just a, like a church. No, I mean, it's literally dark. It wasn't. Well, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> that line always reminds me of the, uh, even though it's 90s, the Aerosmith music video where Alicia Silverstone's coming out of the Right. Lab. It reminds me of that. Yeah. yeah. The, it reminds me so of that good. exactly. Crazy. Another thing in the lyrics here, and I haven't, I do have song meanings up. But I was just thinking, listening to this song, I'm like, I guarantee you, there's a, maybe not a majority, but there is a large and a larger than you'd want section of kids from 2003 all the way up to today who have heard this song and have no idea what Breakfast Club means. So they hear President of the Breakfast Club and they're like, 
Oh, I guess in the 80s you got together with your friends and had breakfast and you called it the breakfast no. club. Maybe they've heard the phrase. No. I don't I, know. I feel like they're, all those kids are probably influenced by Riverdale and like Riverdale has definitely done like a breakfast club thing before. I, yeah, yeah, but maybe kids they don't know when they, know. when those shows true. do things, they don't really know. Oh. Like Glee would rip off things, like they'd actually rip off <sighs> people's versions of covers. Right. And there was like no... In, yeah, like they wouldn't get special attention because Glee oh, ripped I off guess. that specific cover. Yeah, I'm trying to give kids these days <laughs> a little more credit. I do think kids today, certain cool kids today, know, know shit. <laughs> I'll bleep that out, but whatever. They know shit because there's the internet. Like yeah. we didn't have the internet as a kid. So if, if you, I mean, I did have the internet later as a kid. Right. But if you want to learn something, you have it in your hand and you can learn everything about it. Right. So whether it's movies or music or whatever, and like that specific track of that, that you want to figure out horror movies or punk music or whatever, like there are kids out there who are cool, but still there are tons of kids out there who are not cool and they just go with whatever's on the front of like, I don't know, AOL.com. What are they? (laughs) Well, I decided to Google president of the breakfast club to see what the kiddos would see if they Googled that. And... Andrew Yang talks about universal basic income benefiting from tech. What? Because apparently there is something, a YouTube channel called Breakfast Club on Power 105.1. Oh, yeah. This is like a whole a whole thing. Isn't 105.1 here in L.A.? I don't know. Who listens to the radio? <laughs> Video killed the radio star, as oh a gosh. famous 80s song once said. Kids aren't going to know because I Googled it unless they are doing this based on location. Uh-huh. It's all about whatever this talk show is. Oh, there's a talk show called The Breakfast Club? On the power 105.1. <laughs> so unless you're geo-locked, unless you got that VPN to learn about John Hughes, Jeez. you're not going to know nowadays. Why The Breakfast Club is a must for 2020 Dems. <laughs> Inside the Breakfast Club, a must-do stop for 2020 contenders. Oh, there must be some place called the Breakfast, like a diner or something, where politicians go to mingle with the, with the, the people. I don't know, but finally, a, if you scroll far enough down, you get to the Wikipedia of the <laughs> Breakfast Club John Hughes movie. There you go. See, told you. There's a famous diner in Manchester where all the politicians like have to go to like shake hands with people and. I went to when I lived in New Hampshire. I went to that diner like twice, and I'm like, this diner's okay. <laughs> also, in New England, there aren't a lot of diners, so that's probably why they go to that one. The whole. Well, I think this is referring to area. whatever this show is. Diners, that's like so. a. It's like for rappers and politicians. I don't know where rappers and I've politicians seen, meet. I think I've seen those Breakfast Club billboards now that you mention it. Charmelaine the God is on there sometimes. I guess. Is Little T-Boy on there? What was his name? Uh, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Amanda Seals, who's currently trending. Welcome to the number one Breakfast Club (laughs) fan podcast. (laughs) See, so unfortunately, like, if it's not on the top, if it's not on the front page of Snapchat, unless you're a cool kid (sighs) who is like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to Google all this stuff and get in a rabbit hole... Like, I don't think kids are, like, going into these kind of online rabbit holes that they should nowadays. Do you know what I fall into <laughs> online rabbit holes of? Because it only lead them to porn. <laughs> no. Do you know what I fall into online rabbit holes of? What? At least once a month. What? 
dead malls. Oh, right. Looking at old 80s malls on YouTube and like people like Urban Explorers going through them Mm -hmm. and stuff now. Like, oh my gosh, I will fall into a hole all day on that. Mm -hmm. Well, I have the song meanings.com up. I didn't find anything on Genius, really. Okay. But um, it's so this person says, I really feel like the 80s is a metaphor for Christ and how we. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was going to say, whoa, whoa. Because, well, it's really funny. I did find in my Google deep dive, Uh I found a couple websites that were like praise and worship lyrics in love with the 80s. And I'm like, in love with the 80s is my favorite praise and worship song. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica said last week, the only two songs she's ever genuinely felt like putting her hands up in praise and worship are God off air for free and in love with the 80s. It's true. You know, it's funny is because we've mentioned many times, I don't listen to a lot of like specific CCM music. Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty much just Reliant K and Switchfoot and Supertones are like the closest to the CCM core that I would ever listen to when it comes to anything else. If they're a Christian band, like they're categorized online and aggregated just as punk bands. Like if they're Christian, they're like Dogwood or like MXPX or Five Iron Frenzy. Like those aren't. Those will have Christian tags in them, but apparently they're more tagged just for being punk bands. It's because of Reliant K, listening to so much of them. Spotify tells you your top four genres. Mine used to be alternative, punk, uh, something else, I can't remember, and like reggae, right? And one of those got kicked out for Christian because I've been listening to so much Reliant K. Nice. That ska, was ska one of them or is that considered reggae? I don't think, Spotify doesn't have a yeah, ska okay. specific genre. I mean, you can search by ska, but it doesn't, they don't have like a tab just for ska. On March 28th, 2003, X Your Star X said, this song rocks my face off. It makes me want to dance around. All 80s like, huh? Oh, and if I had a date to the prom that wore a pink tux, I might kiss him or something. Was Me it too. You? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. What was that username again? X your star X. Me too. X your star X. Is that star 80? <laughs> no, I don't know. Sorry. I got distracted by this next <laughs> one, which I think I have to read. Although I'm really just floored by it. Oh, In wow. 2007, I'm going to read their name because I don't know where they're coming from with this comment. In 2007, someone said, so what? He is gay and he's going to wear a pink tux to say so? Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I never took that away from the song, but I guess... Whoa. There are so many stories in the news over the last several years of like transgendered people wanting to go to their school prom as who mm-hmm. they represent themselves as right. and their school won't let them or they're like banned oh. for it or or they like they force them to go as their birth gender oh. and all that stuff so that is something in the news it's definitely in the last several years and 2007 i mean mm-hmm. i guess there's always been stories about you know people but that was to go uh, that was that was a staple of the gay. 80s just People wore like funny colored tuxedos, yeah, it's an 80s like thing. powdered blue tuxedos. I think it even started in I, the seventies. This comment was so like mind shattering. I totally forgot yeah. about the eighties aspect of it. Yeah, like that, <laughs> of course I, the eighties were bright and colorful, man. 
Oh my gosh, so weird. That's Someone, so aggressive. Someone replies and says, so it, it, it comment it adds their name and says, and again this is 2007 says, if he's gay, why would he put in the song and I look up to my big bro because in the 80s all the ladies grabbed his hand and wouldn't let go. And then somebody else comes back and says, yeah, he's totally gay. That's so way he has a girlfriend. I can't even. It's so. <laughs> now look, I make a lot of typos, but when it's a very, very important conversation, I wish there weren't those kind of typos. That's so way he has a girlfriend. Listen, anybody can wear pink. I make Danny wear pink sometimes. I just bought him a really cool Hawaiian Levi shirt that's pink, and it has pineapples and parrots and all sorts of fun stuff on it. Like pink's for everybody. In fact. They used to dress boys in pink and girls in blue. And then suddenly we had to change all of that, like in the bazillion years ago. And and this is true. Republicans used to be the liberals and Democrats used to be the conservative. And then they got switched. I'm not even joking. That's true. Wow, That's completely true. Like basically each party was like slowly morphed to the other side. Wow. (laughs) And maybe that'll happen again someday. I don't know in this climate if it will or won't. To wash that out of our brains, Neon Hoodies 1023 said in 2009, love this song. According to a quiz, this is my theme song in life. I guess that means I'm independent and don't care what other people think of me. Seems like that's the message of the song. I would feel like this song isn't about individuality because, I mean, nowadays, because the 80, everybody loves the 80s. Like, it's a big deal to love the 80s, so... Everybody loves the 80s. You're going to be an individual. Love the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. No, everybody loves the 90s now, too. All great decades. Solid decades. Now, here's a really good comment. Montemus, Montemus in 2005 said, It's a great song, but the lyrics are slightly wrong here. Instead of... When he's the president, it's when you're the president, so on and so forth, but still a good song. What? (laughs) When you're the president of the breakfast club and you're not hesitant to fall in love. You can use your to me in first person. Yeah, but this person said it's just when he's the president of the breakfast club. I don't, I always read that line as he's not specifically saying that person over there is the president of the breakfast no, club. No, when, when he's anyone saying, is. The, you, when you yeah. yourself become the president of the breakfast club, don't be hesitant to fall in love. Well, hold on a second. I just want to look at the booklet. It's when you're the president of the breakfast club and you're not hesitant to fall in love, to throw it away, to fall in love with the 80s. He's not talking, he's saying you. Yeah. He's, he's relating to the listener yeah. now and saying, I've given you all this information about the 80s and my brother Jeremy, who I look up to, and his skinned knee. (laughs) Now you, you good listener, you must fall in love with the 80s. You must become the president of the Breakfast Club. You must wear a pink tux to the prom. I've given you everything I can. (laughs) Take this and go. Go forth and be 80s. I don't know where the original comment is, but somebody here in 2005 said... I agree with the other poster. I find 80s music and movies depressing. People never understand why when I tell them that. I don't, I don't understand why. I kind of sometimes find 90s stuff depressing. 
because yeah. that's because even though I love the eighties, I I remember the nineties. So all the state, all the specific fun I had as a kid, that's what I want to go back to. Mm-hmm. But also when I listen to Nirvana and I listen to like what are some other bands like Bush and Silverchair, Smashing Pumpkins, I sometimes connect that to the angst and like pubescent rage of like being a boy going through puberty and like just wanting to kiss a girl and just wanting to like not be filled with all these hormones like and that's a real negative like basically it reminds me of almost becoming an incel (laughs) being a little baby incel and like so when i listen to nirvana sometimes that stuff depresses me so maybe people feel the same way about the 80s. Well, that's song meanings. Let's get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. Oof. That was a dark corner. I did not want to turn down in this episode. Song meanings has never been that dark before. No. That's very strange. Like we had that one where the person hated softer to me because it's Christian. Yeah. And they had that big, the oh, people yeah. had that big raging fight about how like, hey, I'm not a Christian, but if you want to have Christian music, that's fine. And other people were like, Christian music, stupid. That was dark, but it was kind of funny in hindsight. This was just, this was a Aggressive. So Jessica. Yes. The 80s. The 80s. Before we get into live versions and covers and fun stuff, do you, is there anything else you want to talk about the 80s? Danny. Yes. What are your top five things you love most about the 80s? Oh. Oh. Um, yes, Jessica, Jessica wants us to be a listicle. (laughs) podcast now. i just thought it would be Je- fun Jessical. for this episode this is i'm gonna call i'm gonna call this character jessica jessica <laughs> wants us to be a listicle so my favorite my five favorite things about the 80s number one video stores remember video stores you could go and hold the tape in your hand oh, i didn't even put that on my list i should have put that on my list actually what i miss about the 80s and the 90s is not just video stores and media and record stores being mm-hmm. everywhere but like, like there being video stores, there being like a video section and a music section in other stores. Yeah. Like going into Sears and finding basically a record store inside Sears, going to Kmart and there being basically a full record store inside there. Like, yeah, nowadays you can go into Walmart and Target and there's a section of media. But so right? small. Small, especially the music. Like there's slightly more books and maybe still some movies around. But you would go into a Bradley's and an Ames and it's like I said, Sears and Kmart. And there was basically a separate full record store in all of those stores. And it was amazing. Like you could find media and music and videos everywhere. Maybe I didn't put video store on here because to me, uh, being born in the late 80s, like video stores to me are the 90s. Right. So that's why I think I just didn't connect that. But yeah. yeah. But no, video stores are 80s for me. Yeah. I miss my childhood video store. And I wish I'd known mm. it was going to go away when it went away. In a way, nostalgia is kind of a poison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's weaponized nostalgia and like marketed nostalgia. And I hate that. Like basically I feel the same way about nostalgia as I feel about people's like faith in Christ. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. No, no, no. If, if, if you want to, it's, it should be someone's personal feeling. And if you meet other people who want to hear you and share that, then yeah, have a conversation and stuff. But when it's like, when it's like turned into a marketed thing and like shoved down people's throats, whether, right. whether it's your, any religious belief really, or nostalgia, that's when I get grossed out. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't mean to make this into another religious thing that we were trying to get away from from last week. <laughs> it's more a problem for me, honestly, with nostalgia. It's like, especially like the video store talk. Like there's so much video store talk nowadays. And I'm like, I remember. Stop talking about it. I think about it enough. I don't need you talking about it. It's not cathartic to hear every podcast and every YouTube channel mention the same thing about video stores over and over and over. I remember them. Maybe that's why... At least for me, and maybe for other people too, especially people who are younger than us, why the 80s really connects to people is because now you have the people who lived through it and really loved it and have a healthy amount of nostalgia for it. Mm -hmm. And then you have new people who are coming in and like falling in love with a time they never knew. Right. And like, I think that's what why I can have like a disconnect. So like my... On my top five things I love about the 80s. Mm -hmm. I only listed two. (laughs) Number four is the commercials. Because I don't really remember 80s commercials. I remember 90s commercials. So I will often go on YouTube and like watch compilations of 80s commercials and even 70s commercials. Because it just brings me back to this really beautiful time that I don't, I don't have super clear memories of. I think my first memory is around like three or two and a half And I do remember an 80s McDonald's. And it's like my very first memory. Right. I won't go into it now, but I do specifically (laughs) remember looking up at like the board and the different foods and and drinks and all that stuff and the pricing. And I have a very clear memory of that. But I think it's just... You're reminding me of another thing that I feel about nostalgia is how everyone, every generation thinks that they're so unique about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think this song that we're talking about this week comes from a really genuine fun place. Mm-hmm. But when certain people, especially nowadays, which like, you kids don't know anything. You don't have video stores. You can't go into it. But like, first of all, older people, people in their 30s and older, you have you have no idea what kids today, how they experience things. It's, it's always mm-hmm. like, oh, it's instantaneous and they throw it away immediately. Like, yeah, maybe, sure, but you have no idea what's going to develop from that 10 years from now, 20 years from now from those kids, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I yeah. always try to look at it. But when people are like, like, oh, when we, we lived with a piece of media, I had to spend my money and I had to force myself to like it because I wasted my money on this CD that <laughs> right. sucks and I forced myself to like it. That doesn't sound good. You know, it's cool. You have Spotify and you go and you find your favorite songs and the very best songs to your brain, they keep being played. But if you listen to one, if you listen to thousands of songs one time and you don't live with those bands for the rest of your life... Those aren't the bands you wanted to live with. You have no we have no idea if we're 30 or older what kids today are really thinking, feeling, experiencing. Just like when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s, my parents who grew up in the 50s and stuff, and maybe there's some because there was no internet dividing us, there's slightly more of a common ground, but still parents from boomer, you know, boomers and greatest generation, they didn't understand 80s young kids and right. Gen Xers and stuff. They had no idea. They, no one ever understands the next generation. I remember so many cartoons, like like Animaniacs, and like that's the only specific one I can think of, but so many examples of 60s and 50s nostalgia being shoved down my throat when I'm an 80s and 90s kid because those are the people in the media creating the media and they're like the 50s and the 60s were the best right actually 50s nostalgia kicks off like 60s and 50s nostalgia kick off really quickly in the 70s just like how 80s nostalgia kicked off almost immediately 
in the 90s, yeah, right? Yeah, 50s nostalgia so there's was something really there big well. in the 80s. Because look at Rockabilly. Right. And that sort of thing. Like, there was a lot of that, like, greaser culture came back. Right. But I remember in school being taught about the 60s so much. Like, yeah. it's all I ever talked about. The 60s, the 60s, the 60s. There are other decades. When you're... <laughs> That's it, and I think I made a tweet about it once. It's like only '90s will kids will remember the '60s nostalgia that it was shoved down their throats because that's who was running the media and education at the time. Like I wonder if kids today are even taught about the '60s as heavy-handedly as I was when I was in elementary school. Probably not. Right. Oh, Forrest Gump is like the height of '60s nostalgia. A 1990s movie that is all about how great the '60s were. Right. That's essentially what it was. And, and Field of Dreams was very similar as well. Like, they talk constantly about, like, the Haight-Ashbury stuff. Like, hippies were constantly talked about because, like, hippies are the center of 60s nostalgia. Whatever. My point is, like, you got nostalgia for your time. Big whoop. Everyone's had nostalgia, especially now as more and more media comes along. Whatever. Who has nostalgia for the early 2000s, though? <laughs> hey, I'm not done talking yet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll find out because like... I actually, I'm not, I don't really go on Tumblr a lot. Like I haven't probably in a year or two. Right. But I remember being on Tumblr like a couple years ago and seeing like teenagers like who were in school, in high school at the time. Right. Being like, man, you guys were so lucky you got to go to simple plan shows. And I'm just like, (laughs) who are you? Who are these people remembering that is like the greatest thing ever? Like, I went to a Simple Plan show in high school, and it was fun, but I'm like, I can only imagine how much more epic it would have been to see Smashing Pumpkins in the 90s, or to have gone to see Def Leppard in the 80s. Like, that seems like way more iconic. I feel like we just haven't had a lot of really great iconic culture from 2000s on. (laughs) April. (laughs) April snoring. 20, 2000 to 2009 didn't even feel like a decade in my life. Like when two th- when 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 New Year's 2009 came along, uh, no, New Year's 2010 came along. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we just changed decades. But I don't remember that because because when like New Year's uh, 1989 happened, I remember that really strongly. Like ni- uh, 1999 was huge because obviously there's also Y2K mm-hmm. stuff yeah. happening all the yeah. time. But whenever a decade changed. If you've ever seen Boogie Nights, they were very excited about New Year's yep. 1980 until <laughs> William H. Macy shot himself in the head at that party. <laughs> so, like, decade New Year's were always huge, but I don't personally remember there being a lot of talk in the media of, like, this decade is wrapping up. Yeah, everything's kind of felt squished together Yeah, for the past two decades. Right. Like, And also, you know, fashion is a thing you can always go to. For to be like, oh, this is iconic for this decade. Right. This is iconic for that decade. What is different? Nothing. Everybody and like I have a trouble yeah. seeing where we're going from with fashion. Yeah. Other than throwbacks. Because Sometimes. 90s stuff's really popular right now in throwback fashion. But like for the most part, people are wearing like hoodies and stuff. And and we there's some 70s throwback. It's like we're actually right now, we're throwing back to like all the previous decades that have come before. There's there's like retro wives and stuff like that, right. you know. We're splintering our fashions just as much as our media has splintered. And the yeah. streaming wars, who will survive? <laughs> no matter who wins, we all lose the streaming wars. Um, 
Now, as we've done this podcast and we've looked at videos, and by the way, we have a lot of videos to go over this week. We had to cut some of them out. But as we like have been looking at like videos from 2003 and 2009, there are distinct looks in those times, specifically in the pop punk world. Like you know, a 2009 pop punk person who wants to look like Good Charlotte or Haley Williams. Like you're like oh. That's a 2009 person. That's right true. There. I will say that I I look back at high school pictures and I'm like, oh, that's very mid 2000s. Yeah, I mean, and early 2000s is very clear. Like when yeah. I find these Christian camp videos, because it's still kind of 90s. Yeah, I find these Christian camp videos. I'm like, oh, that's 2003 right there. They got the <laughs> the hookah shell necklaces, hookah yep. shell or whatever. Yep. Yeah, there are, and like we've watched some movies from the early 2000s recently in the last couple. By recently, I mean the last couple of years. Where it's like, is this really 2003? Because they look like it's 1998. Yeah. Um, so top five things <laughs> we love about the 80s. So my number five was no internet. So it feels more innocent. Like, what is that? And we were we touched on this a little before, but like, what is it that draws everyone back to the 80s? It's whatever that feeling is mm-hmm. that... And I don't know, maybe it was just not being so connected. I think that the world in general actually had a lot less anxiety when we weren't all so connected. But, you know, there was also the Cold War and, like, people actually, because we were kids. Yeah. And I say this all the time. Are you a Cold War kid? (laughs) They rock. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know, because, like, we're become, you know, we've become adults into this time and we think... Yes, obviously the world is more splintered now politically and, and, and socially and the internet helps and hinders that. But, you know, I'm pragmatic when it comes to this stuff, babe. What can I say? <laughs> I'm a pragmatic dude. All right. Well, for I said the commercials because at such good commercials. Uh-huh. Like, who doesn't love time to make the donuts and where's the beef and all those great iconic commercials? What are some iconic commercials from nowadays? There's the the Mike, Mike, Mike camel thing for what is that, Geico? <laughs> the gecko with the Geico. The, all the Geicos, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of luck, but that's only in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Not any commercials I particularly want to revisit. Um, oh, back in Florida, there's that uh, that Asian guy with the eye patch that's telling oh, you to yeah. buy, come by a well, washing that, machine. That was early to mid-2000s, at least for me. Appliance Direct. Appliance Direct. Um, number three. You have to have TV to know what commercials are popular nowadays. <laughs> that's true. Uh, although there's commercials on Hulu and YouTube and stuff. Uh, number three, The Malls which is something that I I know a lot of people connect to. That was like sort of a big centerpiece and set piece of the most recent season of Stranger Things, which I know you have not watched Mm because that falls into your dislike of nostalgia. Right. (laughs) Um, Number two. Okay. Number one and number two are, I just want to say they're a tie. It was such a huge toss up. I said two the movies and one the music because I, as much as I love movies and I love movies of the 80s, I start I stop and I go, could I live without movies of the 80s if I really had to? Or could I live without music of the 80s? And it's so hard to choose. It's a real Sophie's choice. It's real hard. I'm sorry, that went to a dark place. I take it back. 
It's really hard to choose, but you get the point. It's, it's very hard to we, choose. We, we as a society need a better, even though, well, is Sophie's Choice based on a true story? I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of assumed it was. It could be. Let's look that up real quick. What can we use as a different phrase? What can we use as a less upsetting metaphor? Now I feel like I need to switch it again, and it's the movies that I can't live without. I don't know. I just keep going back and forth. It's Sophie, a tie. Sophie's Choice is apparently fiction. It's it's fiction, and it's nineteen. Okay. And the movie was from nineteen eighty two, so oh. that's a big eighties movie. Remember, everyone remembers Sophie's Choice. When people think eighties, they think Depeche Mode and Sophie's <laughs> Choice. So music. Music. Yes. Jessica asked me to put together a list of my top five favorite 80s songs. But first, I want to hear hers. Oh, okay. I want to hear yours Do first. you want to go? How about we go, I say my five, you say your five. Sure. You want to go back and forth? Sure. Okay. Oh, we had to put these in order? I, they don't have to be okay. in order. I put mine in order, I think. But again, so this was a thing that I was like, we're going to do this. This will be a fun thing. We'll do some lists for this episode because we've never done it before. Let's give it a shot. And then I went, this is so hard and stressful. Why did I do this to myself? So I've got I've had so many honorable mentions. This was really hard because the 80s, such great music. Mm-hmm. Just such great music. Um, so I picked for number five, High on You by Survivor oh. from 1984. Nice. Uh, for my number five, I picked Lion Ass Bitch by Fishbone. <laughs> it's a great song. That's pretty much the beginning. That's like the real beginning of ska punk. A lot of people think like, oh, Operation Ivy created ska punk. Like really Fishbone created like the majority of the ska punk bands you know of are basically emulating that first Fishbone album. Like they're the first ones that really like when you listen to that song I mentioned with the swears in the title, (laughs) which I won't bleep because it's not gratuitous because it's the actual name of the song. Um, or any of the other songs off that album, uh, Party at Ground Zero. Like, that was the creation of that ska punk sound. I was excited for your list because I knew you were going to go. I knew you were going to do ska deep cuts. I had a feeling. I was hoping I would make you mad with it, but oh, man. (laughs) No. I knew what I was getting into. Okay. So number four, Waiting for a Girl Like You from Foreigner, 1981. Nice. For uh, my number two, I picked the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Hope I never. For my number four, <laughs> I picked the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Hope I never lose my wallet, which came out in 1989. That's my favorite song off that first album. Nice. Uh, number three, I went with the Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. I think that was 85. Uh, for number three, I picked They Might Be Giants. Don't let start. Shifting away from the ska thing a little bit. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one. That's one of the They Might Be Giants songs I know. Nice. Number two, I have a song I love so much. And it needs to be in every 80s Halloween party show, movie, whatever. If you have a scene set at a Halloween party in the 1980s, you need to be playing Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo from 1985. Well, for me... I also picked an Oingo Boingo song. Nice. I picked, I picked, um, Ain't This the Life off of their first EP. Nice. 1980, just, just by the skin of the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. There were, I listened to, um, to a lot of Yacht Rock 
And there were a lot of songs where I was like, was this 80s or 70s? And they're like all 1979. Right. Even Foreigner. Foreigner had a couple albums in the 70s. And like same with Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper is an artist that I tend to think of as an 80s artist, but he's absolute 70s. Like mm-hmm. like most of the Alice Cooper songs you know and love are from the 70s. Isn't Poison like his biggest song, his biggest, and that's 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like his I'm pretty sure song. that, yeah, that's his big 80s song, yeah. Which, like, that's an honorable mention. So, okay. Number one, Hysteria by Def Leppard, 1987. Nice. I love that song so much. And my number one is Up in Heaven, Not Only Here by The Clash from Sandinista, also 1980. (laughs) Nice. And I like that song because I think that's the promise of what Sandinista could and should have been because Sandinista is sort of their like most reaching artistically album and in a lot of ways it's half-baked and it's super Mm. long it's like it was a three record set when it was originally on record and it's two discs on cd and a lot of it a lot of people say like these are mostly unfinished songs and like weird ideas and stuff but they were trying to advance the idea of what a clash song and what clash music could be and what punk could be but I think Up in Heaven, not only here, is like the best sort of lost in that mix song. It's one of my favorite Clash songs. I mean, the, I, there are bigger Clash songs that maybe I like more, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to pick something real deep <laughs> and be an a-hole about this. Yep, because Danny did not want to do the list thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it was hard to only pick one Def Leppard song, but that is my favorite Def Leppard song because when I listen to Hysteria, it's like, I feel like I'm falling in love all over again. I just, I don't know, just the feelings that song evokes. I wish I could give you that feeling. I'm your husband. (laughs) But yeah, really hard to just pick one Def Leppard song. So honorable mentions. Uh Uh-huh. Caught Up in You by 38 Special. See, I said I said it right that time, Dan. Nice. You didn't say point thirty eight special, love, which you've been saying for years. I love to mess with Danny. I just do it to mess with him, and I like to call them point thirty eight special since they have the the dot in there. Or sometimes I'll go thirty eight caliber special just to mix it up. Um, Ghost Town by the Specials. Nice. Uh, Take me home tonight from Eddie Money, and biggest part of me by Ambrosia. Very cool. I don't have any honorable mentions. Those are the you only, only like those songs, songs yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's our list. Those those are our lists. Yep. Um, Jessica also asked me to help her find a list of other songs about the eighties. Yeah, I wanted to do like top five other songs about the eighties. <laughs> I was all about the top five. This I was week. like, there is that Roper song, nineteen eighty five. We talked about it in the Hello McFly episode yeah. of the podcast. But Jessica was like, that's not making my top five. <laughs> so true. Because really, when I stopped to think about it, I was like, I was like, obviously 1985 by Bowling for Soup. Ugh. <laughs> I really, really don't like Bowling for Soup. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, so we looked at this list and it was 83 by John Mayer, which is a great song. Not a song that I necessarily think about it being like about the 80s. They do mention the 80s. It is about the year 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, Kid Rock All Summer Long, another song that I don't think of as being about the 80s. Yeah, it is a jam, though. Apparently, 
it's set in 89 or there's a parenthetical oh. in the title that says 1989 oh. i don't know this list confuses me but i i don't know randy travis 1982 randy travis was singing about the day i was born he's like diana was born and someday he'd have a podcast i was like i know i think i know the name randy travis but i could not put together the music style I actually i i had to i had to listen to it again because I was like, oh, is Summer Girls by LFO about the eighties? And I was like, oh 90s. no, it's totally about the nineties. Yeah, they mentioned like Home Alone and a hey, bunch of other awesome stuff. Denim, the band Denim, who I'm not familiar with, they're speaking my mind with how I'm against nostalgia sometimes because they have a song called "I'm Against the Eighties." Oh, lyrics include. Well, I'm against the 80s bands that couldn't play. I'm against the 80s singers with nothing to say. I heard it on the radio. I saw it on TV. You still went and bought it. Yeah. <laughs> Sheeple. Uh, Ash, which is a band that I do like. They have a song called True Love 1980. Uh, and Regina Spector. Oh. Jessica's rival for my heart in college. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had a big crush on Regina Spector in college. Yeah, and a picture of her on his MySpace that said the future Mrs. Leary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not embarrassing now. Oh, MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> that was incel Danny on MySpace. <laughs> that was Danny hates MySpace Danny on MySpace. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um... So anyway, yeah, that's our 80s talk. So we can get back to talking about this song, if you like, now. Yeah. So in my deep dive, I only came up with, I think it's like three blog posts. I was actually kind of surprised by that. I thought that it would be more. Although one thing that you get in search results when you go Reliant K in love with the 80s is you get a lot of K for karaoke stuff since mm-hmm. they cover a number of 80s songs. Right. Um, over on Inc19.com, July 1st, 2003, uh, under music reviews, this user posted, Reliant K, two lefts don't make a right goatee. What can I say? I could sit here and slag this band for being unoriginal, generic, corny, and lacking an ounce of talent in their collective bodies. Oh, no. But what would be the point? Arch nemesis. Reliant K is on the verge of being the next MXPX. Whoa! I'm willing to bet these guys will be a lot bigger than MXPX ever was. I swear I'm not kidding. I feel like they about evened out there. (laughs) Uh, These kids are eating up these guys like there's no tomorrow. And it seems like there's nothing out there to stop these guys from taking over the world. To be honest, I never really liked this band all that much until the day that I saw the only CD I owned by them on eBay. Sold the only CD I owned by them on eBay. (laughs) It was about a year ago, and I was getting rid of some old CDs I never listened to, including Reliant K's All Work and No Play. I put it up thinking I'd get a dollar or two. To my grateful surprise... That's the only Reliant K CD he owned? (laughs) Right. Well, no wonder he didn't think much. Like, that's... (laughs) That CD's fun and all, but that's not really a representation of the band. To my grateful surprise, the auction ended at $88. It turned out that the disc was their very rare debut. Funny story, eh? No, it's not funny. You're an (laughs) a-hole. The stuff on that album may be really bad, poorly produced, early Green Day-style pop punk. But Reliant K has since refined their chops considerably. Yeah, that's what artists do. Yep. 
The recording quality of two lefts is absolutely stellar, with each individual instrument sounding like it was given its own personal recording studio. The guitars are crisp, driving, and aggressive, as is the bass. The drums could be a lot, could be a bit louder, but they are still a force to be reckoned with. As the pound and punch with a real kick. The melodic hooks these guys come up with are so sharp that I have several small cuts so does, inside my ears. So does he like them or not like them? I don't know. <laughs> I hate this person. The vocals and lyrics are where the band loses me. The singer's voice is so annoying. I seriously want to slip my wrist when I hear him. That's a little extreme. Whoa. He's got that terrible whiny voice style. Um, no, absolutely not. <sighs> He's got that whiny voice style that the guitar player from Blink-182 and the fools in Sum 41 use. It's so stupid and nasal. I swear too many people have been stroking this guy, telling him how cool his voice is. What are you... What? He's probably never going to change, but that's where you're wrong, friend. Yeah. But it sucks so bad that it's almost incomprehensible. I have to tell you, so... This a guy's big, a moron. Yeah, a It's big, not just like you're... Fa- sorry. It's not just like you're factually wrong about stuff or whatever. It's just like, he's just saying things to say, say things. things. It's yeah. like, there's a big... <laughs> I don't know a lot about video games, but what little I, I listen to one video game podcast. And there's like a thing in video game journalism where it's like, people who don't like or enjoy a certain genre of video game shouldn't ever be allowed to review stuff. Yeah. From that genre. Right. That's a little rougher to say about things like music and books because those should technically be receivable by lots of people. But, like, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you yeah, get what I'm I saying. Get, I get it. Uh, yeah. See, for me, the thing that makes or breaks a band for me is the lead singer's voice. That is the thing that will make or break. Like, so Danny loves, and he mentioned them earlier, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I don't particularly care for the lead singer's voice. So uh-huh. even though I enjoy the music, it's something about the lead singer's voice that kind of turns me off from the band. Right. I love Matt Thiessen's voice. Matt Thiessen has a great voice, and he does nothing but refine his craft and hone it over the years. Uh, so to move on, he says... He or she says, now the lyrics, oh, the lyrics. Let's see. There's a song called In Love with the 80s, which references Tears for Fears, mustaches, and other 80s cliches. (laughs) There's the song about being in high school and having a cell phone lost while on the Batman ride. The lyrics are pretty much pointless blather that attempt to be ironic and funny, but fall short time after time. However, I do enjoy Hoops, I Did It Again. Because <laughs> that Hoops guy is really cool, and I think a song about him is just about the best thing I could imagine. Oh. It, as it actually pays homage to the city I live in, Canton, Ohio. Oh, that's I, why he's... <gasps> Wait a second. Is was this Dan this, Bacchitis? Is this Dan Bacchitis or is this Chris from For the Band? Oh, I actually live in the snootier part of Canton called yeah, North Canton. Yeah, I bet you yeah, do. I bet you do. Uh, they reference local things like the movies for that will have the local punks peeing in their pants with glee. I guess it's pretty cool for them to sing about Canton as most people may see gray from this area. That's in parentheses. Tend to ignore their Midwestern roots. Most Reliant K fans bought this the day it came out. These guys are going to sell a buttload of records. 
regardless of what I write. Their songs are incredible, incredible, catchy, poppy, and this band is truly unstoppable. Inside the Christian community, Reliant K can do no wrong and will never do anything wrong. Keep your eyes, well, keep your <laughs> eyes open for these guys to be in charge. I bet he loves collapsible lung. <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> keep your eyes open. You know, they finally got better, you know? It took a number of records, but they finally got there. They brought some other people in, yeah. and that's what I thought really they needed. Teason worked on his voice. Uh, keep your eyes open for these guys to be in charge this of the country This is how I sound when I'm writing this. <laughs> oh, and that was written by Daniel L. Mitchell. Well, that's a deep dive. <laughs> that's a real deep dive into places I didn't want to go. There's horrible things in that deep section, that deep side of the pool. Um, well, let's cheer up from that, because this is a song that Relying K has continued to play. As far as I know, I didn't look very close but i don't think they played this in on the searching for america tour yeah but it's, it, it does pop up as an encore song and more recently they've shortened it because it's like mm-hmm. almost it approaches four minutes i think and they cut it down to around two minutes because here in that's two- unacceptable i wish they would do that with deathbed and leave in love with the 80s in its entirety <laughs> in love with the 80s should be 11 minutes <laughs> right all the references you can fit in Actually, that would be pretty interesting to do like an I love with in love with the 80s deathbed thing where it's like the guy's about to die and he thinks back to his time in the 80s. <laughs> I imagine that he's like a Wall Street kind of guy. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's 80s guy from Futurama. <laughs> yeah. So here in 2013 in New York City, they played Mood Rings and then sort of transitioned into a short a shorter version of In Love With The 80s. So did you hear the girls are all loving this song? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. like The ladies everything... love, the ladies want to take the hand of this song and never let go. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> it's so good. This song is so good. It's so pure. It's so catchy. I love it. <laughs> um, then, and this is something I did not know about, but this song, first of all, they played this song a bunch with John and John. And Dave Douglas. Nice. So I guess around 2007 or so, mm-hmm. maybe, what would this be? I mean, I guess it could be like... When did you say it had kind of a resurgence? Was it 2007 or 2009 or somewhere in there, I think you yeah, mentioned Yeah, a lot. So basically, I typed in Reliant K in love with the 80s. I also typed in Reliant K Pink Tux to see because people might have mm-hmm. titled it either. Right. And I found a ton of people taking live video with their... 2007 cell phones or camcorders or whatever they had. A lot of them were dated 2007. Okay. I don't actually recall right now when <laughs> Ethan replaced Dave Douglas, but like all of these videos that I've been finding have John and John and Dave on drums. Um, so I found a bunch and I saved a couple of them. I'm like, oh, I guess this one sounds pretty good. I guess that one sounds pretty good. But then I discovered 
McDonald'sLive.com, which apparently, <laughs> as far as I can tell, was some sort of thing around 2007 when McDonald's had a summer tour that they oh, streamed what? online. Wow. And so Reliant K was apparently a part oh. of this. Oh, I wonder. I think they've been doing this for a long time. So we actually own, I think, or maybe I put it back, we collect VHS tapes, right. particularly obscure VHS <laughs> tapes. Right. We're those people. So I came across one once that was McDonald's, like, whatever presents and it was a gospel tape oh right and i'm like i don't think we bought that one okay we put that back on the shelf but i'm still like oh maybe they just had maybe maybe mcdonald's McDonald's just loves yeah i don't know if well i don't even know if this is christian but it's called mcdlive.com and it's the oh yeah it says right there in the back music tour summer 07 right behind them and I found like a full set from their McDonald's live show. Wow. But here's just the song. And one thing that's interesting. Yes, because I guess they didn't have a keyboard, Mm -hmm. right? They have the piano because it's 2007, so that's when Thiessen had the piano and the guitar, and he would go back and forth between the two. John Schneck is playing the xylophone. Nice. And he's doing that instead of, I guess, the keyboard. So, and and that's the thing. That's the thing they did this whole tour. Oh, cool. The, whether, whether it was for McDonald's or anyone else, John Schneck always did the uh, xylophone for the keyboard part. We saw them in 2007. We did. I guess I'm they trying didn't to play. remember if they did this or not. I don't know. I don't think so. Because I think you would have been excited and remembered because it was one of your favorite songs. Yeah, but I think I remember them playing it. So it was Jeremy in 1983 And it's Ocean Pacific Tea You've got a bloody name On a skateboard Tyson's got a little rough uh, Yeah <laughs> Maybe he had too many McDonald's french fries Or a milkshake that day <laughs> Gelatinous milk-like substance Because <laughs> he, does, he sounds a little rough in this But and it's funny because he's playing piano Tyson's playing piano with just his right hand Holding the guitar mm-hmm. by the neck and his left, ready to switch the guitar. And Schneck is doing the exact same thing, but he's in, in his right hand is the uh, the the stick, the the little like mallet, the mallet, the the little the the hitadu that he uses. I love on both sides of the, of the stage. It's just a giant, giant picture of a French fry container filled with French fries and the word live. It's like, just so you guys remember where you are, you're watching French fries live with Reliant K. Man, I wish we had seen this. <laughs> Lots of pausing. Because, yes, look, again, in 2007, the girls love this song six years earlier. The ladies love... The 80s. The 80s. The ladies love the 80s. Yeah, it's a very different... Yeah, tone. uh, And I want to say, especially because I said this about the studio version, that this shows, and I've always had this opinion... Despite what all these reviewers that we've been finding say, Reliant K is not really a pop punk band. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they get categorized in that along with other bands like say Paramore and stuff and like I don't know like bands that right. I don't really think of as punk bands right. bands that are basically pop rock bands but yeah, yeah sure they're a little heavier than other pop rock bands right but this song specifically when you hear this version live they sound more like 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 a Weezer like a loose yeah. kind of like Weezer thing without like maybe the crunchy guitar like a poppy alt sort of yeah so like when people are like Reliant K has abandoned their pop punk roots. Well, they never had pop punk roots. I mean, sure they had <laughs> they had I mean, punk, they had punk roots when yeah. it comes to uh, all, <laughs> all work, work and, and no play. play. <laughs> but like when they really got going, and this is especially because this is the time when I was constantly meeting the band in person because they were always coming out to talk to everybody. I was used to the idea that Tisa would joke about the idea that we're not a punk band. We're mm-hmm. not a pop punk band. We're a rock band. We're a pop rock band. And even bands like Blink-182, like, nowadays, they're like, yeah, sure, we're punk or whatever, but we just, we're just a rock band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then here's, I guess this is from, I mean, it's from the same year, so maybe it's part of the same tour. And again, it has John Schneck on the xylophone. Uh, this person took this footage a little further back. Oh, we have a specific date. Um, in Baton Rouge on October, 2000, uh, October 29th, so two days before Halloween, appropriate. Nice. Um, they played this. And I really like this version uh, that I found because it basically, as you'll hear, if you're familiar with Arnold Schwarzenegger audio commentaries. Not that you personally have to have put in an Arnold Schwarzenegger DVD and listen to the audio commentary, but it's like a known meme thing. Oh, wow. And this is something I had discovered myself once. I'd listened to one Arnold Schwarzenegger audio commentary, and I was so glad the internet discovered this years later. If you listen to any, almost, I guess, any commentary he's ever done for one of his movies... All he basically does is describe to you what you're watching. That's amazing. That's like, so you'll find YouTube videos of like the best of Arnold Schwarzenegger commentaries. And he's just telling you, you, you're watching, you're you're watching me shoot this person. And I'm very mad because he did this to me. We just bought the recently the last action hero Blu-ray. I hope it's on there. I'm so excited now. (laughs) Oh, it was Total Recall. I watched the audio commentary for Total Recall years ago. Nice. And I was like, but that one's funny because he's doing it with Paul Verhoeven. And so it's these two guys with like Eastern European, <laughs> like German accents because he's Austrian. That's amazing. One of them is Austrian, yeah. one of them German, right? So <laughs> they got very similar accents. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is just describing. It's like, I can't remember what he, I think one is like, like the bad guy shoots the three-breasted lady in the back, and he's like, he's like, you know, this is a bad guy because he shoots a lady, but it's even worse because he shot her in the back. So that's even worse that he shoots a lady, but also shoots her in the back. And the in my best mind, Arnold I was like, I've ever heard. Know, yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, well, it's even worse than that because she's a three-breasted lady. He shoots a lady, and he shoots her in the back, and she has three breasts. Anyway. This kind of opens with Matt Thiessen just like generically describing the song as we already would know it. So here we go. Alright, well, a uh, long, long time ago, before some of you guys were even born, there was uh, this magical place called the 80s that um, I really loved. Maybe even the reason why I have a, a grotesque mustache right now, who knows? But back in the 80s, back in the 80s, it was cool to grow a mustache, you know, Tom Selleck and. and uh, 
others. Wonderful stashes. Way better than mine. Yeah, you're not in the front house. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you. Um, also, back in the 80s, like, uh, if you're cool, you were a dude, and you knew what was going on, you, you wouldn't pierce both your ears or a zero of your ears. You would just pierce one, and it would be your left, and it was awesome. And uh, back then, uh, there was a band called Tears for Fears that I really liked as well. User who posted on song meetings, clearly Matt Thiessen is not gay. He pierced his left ear. Yeah, that's right. You pierce the right ear, and that means you're gay. Supposedly. Supposedly. There's definitely a Beavis and Butthead episode about that. I remember that. One of their songs is called Head Over Heels. So... Yes. Yeah, so he basically just described yeah. a bunch of the stuff from the song. It's not as bad as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but now they're going to start off with a Head Over Heels cover. I'm excited. <laughs> Some girl went, I love this song! <laughs> me too. It was me. Also, it sounds like he's playing a keyboard type thing. Yeah. But then they switch to the xylophone huh. by John Schneck for the Interesting. 80s. Uh, this is like how they do it in the main song as well. But this like this specific synth, like whatever keyboard sound always reminds me of this is what the 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 Clifford soundtrack sounds like the Martin <laughs> Short movie, which is epic. Best movie ever. Yeah. Um, but the beginning's like ding, 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 ding. Just like that. I love it. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Head Over Heels is so good. That is the best Tears for Fear <laughs> song because they use it in Donnie Darko. Of course. Jessica <laughs> loves Donnie Darko. We have to rewatch Donnie Darko. I love it. Hopefully I, it holds up. When's the last time you watched it? 
a couple months ago. I watched it when okay. I was sick one day. I uh, so uh, that was Donnie. Well, Donnie forget Darko. my theory that it might not hold up for you. Donnie Darko was high school Jessica's favorite movie, and it still holds up. And it is a movie that I will often revisit when I'm sick, because it's I don't know for some reason it's a comfort movie. So is Say Anything. So 80s tie, another 80s tie, and Donnie Darko was set in the 80s. So. Oh, yeah. I saw something on Twitter uh-huh. about, from I think it was Yeet Home Alabama. Right. He, yeah, uh, he's been. Something about Say Anything, the band. Right. And something about problematic something. I don't know what I saw, but at least at first I was like, oh, we're doing In Love with the 80s this week. Did Danny like say something about that? And he's like, problem, uh, say anything is problematic because, and I went to it because I was like, oh no, is this about the movie? Because that's one of my other like, I'm sick and trying to feel better movies that I go to for comfort. Right. Oh man, Yeet Home Alabama, who has been interacting with this online a lot. He's followed by five or he or she, I wait a minute. He is followed by Five Iron Frenzy. Sorry, Yeet Home, Alabama. I hadn't actually looked oh, at wow. you further into your account before. Um, I'm trying to look for that tweet. But I know there was another thing where in, in a recent Blink-155, Josiah said that they were listening to a Say Anything song because Tom DeLonge was on it. Oh. And he was like, this sounds like Al City working with Marilyn Manson. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, wait a second. <laughs> It's just one specific Say Anything song that kind of has this weird, like, like tinkling piano, like, I'm going to go to the forest, look at me, I'll say anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not super familiar with the band Say Anything. I was just concerned that Cameron Crowe had been canceled for some reason. Oh, no. <laughs> I think John Cusack's, like, half canceled, maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeet Home Alabama said that... Uh, he's justified in hating Say Anything because the dude was inspired by Woody Allen. Like, oh, he's, he, okay. like the guy from Say Anything sees their music as, like, genre inverting, like, Woody Allen and oh. Charlie Kaufman movies. Oh, gotcha. Anyway. Um, I'm glad I didn't reference Woody Allen earlier because I almost referenced Midnight in Paris because of being in love with a time that you never knew. Right. So now, so I won't play the rest of this version because it sounds very similar, but worse recording than the McDonald's live version. Um, so moving on to the fun fan stuff and etc. First, nice. because Jessica, you love 80s commercials. Let's check this out. Oh. You demand quality and durability. Plymouth builds it in. The 550 Plymouth Reliant K. The highest mileage six-passenger car in America. Match it. Match it for price, celebrity. The 550 Plymouth Reliant K. Backed with a five-year or 50,000-mile protection plan. Match it if you can. The 550 Plymouth. The best-built, best-backed American cars. That's ah, I love it. <laughs> That's pop punk right there. <laughs> Hell, back in the day when you could get a car for $6,000. <laughs> You still a can. A new car. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like typing in 80s Reliant, because I always do a search for Reliant K spelled correctly. Right. Because I never know what I'll find yeah. when I open up my letterbox tomorrow. I always forget that in my deep dives. Right. So I did that and the car came up because everyone... Also, like, 
my my process of trying to get listeners or at least social media followers of liking everything that's tagged in anything similar, right? Mm-hmm. Like every Reliant K tag, right. every Switchwood tag. I went to Reliant K spelled properly, and I'm like, oh, this is all actually about the car. Like there might be one out of fifty that's about the band. Um, so last week, I don't know, two weeks ago, this week the trend had a massive amount of fan music videos, like kids and parents and friends, like right. filming, actually, you know, going everywhere, filming stuff, putting it all together, editing it, not just doing a single shot in their living room or their grandmother's right. bedroom. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Same thing this week, but probably even more. We have one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh my nine, ten, I 11, think we're already past 12, the two-hour mark at this point. 14, 14 fan music videos. We can't watch them all. No. Pick your faves. We, we'll, we'll come back to this. We should come back and do a part two in the future, and we'll talk about movies of the 80s. Oh my God. <laughs> so. Or uh, not. We'll start off with. So yeah, so oh, and last week, uh, two weeks ago, for this week the trend, and people, some people really responded well to it. I took all of those videos, those fan videos I found, and I did a supercut of them, and people really loved it. Like actually, David Park was one person who was like, "You got to do this every week," and I'm like, "Well, there aren't videos every week, but I don't have an excuse not to do it this week." Yeah. So um, that's awesome. Here's one. I guess we'll start off with this one where they put in a lot of effort. Now, just like this week, the trend, there are certain lyrics that just lend themselves to thinking of one particular thing, like the alarm clock waking up at 3 p.m. And all of these things that all these visual tropes that were in all of the fan videos for this week, the trend this week, everybody's climbing out the window. (laughs) Everybody's skin in their knee. Well, it's easy to shoot. Here's one where they didn't go for the obvious literal representation of each lyric. They actually got a whole bunch of people together and they filmed a prom, like a prom for their video. They put together, no one else actually put together a prom like this. So this is, in 2006, we have Paul Spaldon. Paul Spaldon. We've got a group of skateboarders. Right now they're just skateboarding. Oh my gosh, this guy with his Ninja Turtle shirt. It, start, it doesn't start off as clearly, like, there's a lot of effort put into the later part of this video. Yeah. It starts off with three people just skateboarding around. Yeah. I'll actually skip ahead a little bit. Now, and then they're jamming oh, all wow. together. I feel like this might have been, like, a school or a youth group project, because a lot of yeah. people came together to make this. Yeah. They like, even, it's not just the usual. They got an old car that they painted 1983 yeah. on our class of 83. This isn't just <laughs> the usual, like, five siblings. Yeah. You know, three to five siblings making a video together. They're all getting dressed up in their suits and ties. He's got a ska tie. <laughs> they're all rocking out as a fake band. I definitely think this is a church because the stage that they're on is some sort of like church stage. Teasing the hair. There's like, there's like, what do you call, not banners, what do you call like tassels and stuff? Streamers? Streamers. There's streamers and things in the room. 
I mean, maybe this is all. Oh, like, just like an '80s music video, we cut to black and white footage for a minute and then went back to color. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's getting in the car and they're actually like in dresses and stuff. Like people, these these kids put actual effort into yeah. this video back in 2006, and they're not just literally interpreting the lyrics. They've got they're, lights. They're going. jamming out on inflatable instruments. They pull wow. up to some sort of like prom type place. They're all getting out of their painted car. Then they all start dancing around in a dance-like setting. I'm like, there's so much effort actually put into this yeah. video. Did they just like use like something that was set up for something? Yeah, maybe like, there was already going to be some sort of prom-like yeah. thing and they all decided to shoot a video. Yeah. Which is crazy because when you try to get your friends to shoot a video, they're already like, they're into it for the first 45 oh, yeah. minutes. <laughs> Not even. But like, to They be, don't like, want to stick to script. They want no. to just do their own thing. So that's amazing. So that's really great. So that's Paul, S P A L D A W N, in two thousand six with their awesome. "I Love the '80s" video. Um, here's another one that's a little outstanding from the rest because again, they don't just interpret the lyrics literally, but they're out on their porch, and they've got like the they've got like all their siblings or something together. Oh, yeah. There's four of them, and like what it looks like a. Like the 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 it looks guitar. like they have a really pretty view. This is that's what I'm gonna say. But they also have like a Guitar Hero drum setup, nice, right? So nice. I think those are fake drums, but they have real guitars. And they shot this at Magic Hour on their porch. Yeah, with like this really amazing no, think, looking horizon I, behind them. I think them. they're all rock band guitars, Dan. Are they all? Oh, they're okay. all rock band guitars. Uh, Look at how tiny. Well, I didn't press play yet. Well, no, that one on the right might be real. Yeah, that's fake. The main gu- the main guitar guy's got a fake one. He his is identical to the kid next to him. These two have fake guitars. That's a real guitar on the right, and that's a fake drum set. That's a real guitar because it's got an actual. It's got you an actual. You can see pl- the buttons. What? No, what? you can see the buttons. No, they you... made ultra realistic rock band with and the guitar with the plug things. actually like in the middle like that. This is. Meath You Productions in 2009, and it's got that slight, like, Gaussian blur yeah. of a video, like, low frame rate. We can't really get a nice, good close-up of the guitars. Please show a close-up of the... Oh, come on! Come on, close-up of the guitars. They don't side. have enough natural uh, light there. No. Here, Dan, look. All right. <laughs> She's pulling up eBay listings of Guitar Hero guitars. Okay, it might be fake. It's hard to tell. They have ones where it's it, not the the <laughs> the distinct color and where it ha- looks more realistic. This is I'm gonna... telling you. Look. I believe you. <laughs> See, look at this here. We had more debate that we actually cut out of the pockets. Yes, that looks very realistic. It's just it looks too tiny on them. I guess so. What if it's a, what if they're just, what if they're actually really, no, we don't have. They're giant kids. What if they're giant kids? We don't have any other like Honey, adults. Honey, I blew or, like, up a, the kids. Yeah, we don't have like, there's no cars or like pennies in the shot that we could compare their size to. But it looks amazing because there's a beautiful magic hour horizon behind them. And that's amazing that they shot it at that specific time. Um, okay, yeah, way too many, way too many of these videos to watch them all. Um, Oh, but speaking of which ear do you pierce? (laughs) 
We will play this one by Dan Holland, which is actually like the best looking one because I think they actually do like legitimate video production as a family or something like that. I love this painting <sighs> in the background of a, of a kid in a swing and a puppy staring at him. <laughs> Wait a second, where's that? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Um, <laughs> then catch up on the knee. So this is 2010, but I think they had like they probably had the best video equipment out of anyone because this looks pretty good. Like it's obviously video, mm -hmm. but it looks good. Like what does YouTube even put it at? It's it only goes up to 480p, but it, it's like a sharp 480p. Um, <laughs> Holland Family Studios. Holland Family Studios. But unfortunately, they put in some real shots of the Breakfast Club movie, which I don't think they It licensed. looks like they just uh, filmed their TV. <laughs> there we go. It's just right here. It's in the mirror. Yeah, but if you... Oh, right. You know what? <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna. I don't know how we're gonna edit that. So I'm like, oh, this kid pierced the wrong ear, and then Jessica's like, it's in the mirror, and I'm like, yeah, but if you turn yourself, if you, oh, whatever, okay. So the guitars on the porch were Guitar Hero guitars, and this kid pierced the correct ear. Whatever, Jess. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to yuck don't your yum, sorry. Dan. Don't be sorry. You didn't yuck my yum. So, I'll put together a supercut so people can see all these videos. I'm that we getting can't talk back to you. Today. I'm getting back at you for making fun of my list. Well, we don't have any. I'm moving on. So we don't have any <laughs> fandom videos. There is one for Bleach. The there is an anime called Bleach. There's one uh, AMV for that. But there's also this. I know you love this, Jessica. Oh, the nice. Sims. The Sims. I found. <laughs> No less than two separate <laughs> Sims music wow. videos. This guy looks like our friend John Scully. <laughs> he <does>. Sim. <laughs> John Simmy. Why is he getting... This is like... This is like in This Week the Trend. The guy is getting up in the middle of the day from bed. <laughs> so there's a bunch of Sims videos. That's and awesome. I thought she'd love that because Jessica loves The Sims. Well, Vitamin String Quartet. Yay! They have their version of this song. This, I wish I had walked down the aisle to this at our wedding. This to me just sounds like later Sonic the Hedgehog games. <laughs> like this sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog game on Xbox 360 or something. <laughs> That's what that sounds like to me. Um, so then here's an acoustic cover. That's We find a lot of Jack Johnson style Reliant K videos. This is kind of like that. 
But there's a weird other thing that's maybe like Rivers Cuomo sort of thrown in there. Or this person might just be an original. Let's hear Ginger Bones cover. It says, a song from my youth revisited in love with the 80s. And I'm only gonna pierce my left. I've been working on this mustache all so long. And my favorite band will always be We've come across Ginger Bones before. Oh, we have? I think so. I've heard this for sure. Well, then you've heard it on your own. I didn't hear it before. Oh, I think I think we might have. I don't know. I feel maybe. Maybe I came across maybe you their would, stuff. They don't have a lot of videos, so I don't think they have another Reliant K video. Maybe I came across it because at, when we first started talking about the podcast, I think I just happened to look up. Oh, Reliant K P- covers? Reliant K Pink Text to the Prom covers. Okay. Well, this is a person I definitely am familiar with. Um, the Martins on YouTube, but I knew this. I know this person as punk underscore rock underscore ukulele underscore covers on Instagram. Nice. And he does a lot of like MXPX ukulele oh, cool. covers. So like when I'm always looking at MXPX hashtags, he's constantly coming out with lots of interesting ukulele covers and. I didn't know he has a separate YouTube channel called The Martins, and in 2017, this is his Pink Tux of the Prom cover. Cutting class through the first floor window east. Dropping fast cause he never did a thing slow. And I look up to my big bro. Cause in the 80s all the ladies grabbed his hand and couldn't let go. And I'm only gonna pierce my left ear. I've been working on this mustache all summer long. And my favorite band will always be Tears for Fears. And I'm gonna wear a Pink Tux to the prom. Upbeat. You know what I'm actually thinking of here? We've seen Dan Pothath. Pot, I actually don't pronounce his last name. Pothath, the lead singer of MU330. Yeah. We've seen him do the solo, his solo ska thing. And when he plays MU330 songs, he'll just he instead of he doesn't have a, he's just him on a guitar. So he'll do the horn part is like, bop bop bada bop. That's that awesome. Thing. So and when he's when uh when Martin I don't remember his first name here is doing this song, and he's like do 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 do. I'm like this would actually make a pretty good ska cover I think. Oh. Someone out there's got to do a ska cover of In Love with the Eighties. Um. And two more, there's a guitar cover which I think is worth playing because if you wanted to hear the song a little heavier, this is what it might have sounded like. <laughs> You know what was big in the 80s? Thrash metal. They should have done this just as a thrash metal song. That'd be awesome. Slayer, Negadeth. That was 80s. I can't believe you busted out another uh, guitar, guitar cover. cover. Yeah, yeah, you're not big on the single instrument covers. Or when they play over the song. But the yeah. thing is here, he's doing this like 
slightly grindier guitar thing. And I'm like, yeah. well, that would be an interesting version to do if they did it like a full band way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I only found one cover on SoundCloud and it's definitely worth playing because as it loads, we'll see Shelby Cowie. Shelby, C-O-I-E. She did a little vocal cover and she just, it's only 44 seconds long and she just, keeps changing all the words oh it's like but not like a parody she's just like kind of like making the song her own i guess just like changing well is she articles not gonna gr- pronouns is she not gonna grow a mustache all summer long oh well we'll find out <laughs> let's hear her vocal cover and it was jeremy in 1983 in the ocean pacific tea who got a bloody knee on the skateboard in the half pipe in your backyard that Tuesday night. So right off, it's like in, in the Ocean Pacific Tea in your backyard yeah, that Tuesday night. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> There's more. And I'm only gonna pierce both my ears. You're gonna pierce You're both only my gonna ears. pierce both ears. I'm only, only gonna pierce both my ears. Nothing else gets pierced. <laughs> and I've been working on this tan skin all summer long. She's been working on this tan skin all summer long. And my favorite band will always be Tears for Fears. And I'm gonna wear a pink tux to the prom. But she is gonna wear a tux. Oh, wow. She changed a bunch of stuff around, but she's still gonna wear a tux. Could have been a pink dress. Could have been a pink dress, yeah. And this is, I just realized this is called In Love with the 80s, my version. Oh, okay. A pink tux to the prom. Cutting glass through the first floor window. He's driving fast because he never did a thing slow. And I look up to my big sis because in the 80s all the hotties grabbed her hand and wouldn't let go. <laughs> I love that it ends with a breath. Maybe one day Oh. That's oh. <laughs> something else. I love that that version ended with a breath. Like, here oh, comes more it? and then that's it. Because oh. that, that thing you just heard was the next oh, wow. song. SoundCloud just plays the next song. She's got song. a nice voice. She does have a nice voice, but it's just odd. <laughs> yeah. It's just odd that she's just changing words around. There so, were really hotties in the 80s. They were like babes and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and tubular dudes. Yeah. And bodacious bods. And maybe Foxy was still still brought over and bitchin'. Yeah. We don't have to bleep that. Yeah, no. Because it doesn't have to do with, like, you know, bitches. It's just, like, it's bitchin'. Yeah, next week we're going to cover the Dead Milkman song, Bitchin' Camaro. Because <laughs> okay. it's okay. Does Real NK do a cover of that? We'll find out. Oh, if that'd they be don't, awesome. we'll ask them. Um, <laughs> Go bother everybody on Twitter, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> New Twitter campaign. Get Reliant K to cover Bitchin' Camaro by the Dead Milkmen. Uh, so that's about it for In Love with the 80s. It's almost New Year's 1990. The dream is almost over. We're off into a brand new decade. A decade of Bill Clinton's and barcode readers. More than and one. More than one, yeah. And, uh, you know, what else do they have in the 90s? Pepsi Man and... Uh, the internet. Pokemon, the I guess internet. they had the internet in the eighties, but yeah, they're gonna have only like MIT and stuff. The Matrix, <laughs> uh, Britney Spears, Britney Spears, uh, uh, John Bon Jovi did acting in a movie. Tamagotchis. Tamagotchis. What were we talking about? 
we were talking about the 80s and we we're talking about relying k and i think we're just about done with this super long episode yeah now your decade this decade's almost over this decade-long <laughs> podcast we wanted you to enjoy and as always as we start to wrap up i'm just like losing it <laughs> and rambling. i don't know where we're going and we're rambling well, so, we just wasted like three hours of your life. <laughs> no, let the song say that. We're going to say, please contact contact us. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Do you think we're like totally tubular? Or would you rather we gag on a spoon? <laughs> if your parents will let you use the phone or if you have your own line, you can call us at 402-95-SADIE which is like our voicemail number. We have an answering machine that you can leave a voicemail and we'll play it on the podcast, whatever a podcast is. That sounds like it's for nerds. But you can also contact us on Instagram or Twitter, which are both Sadie Hawkins Pod. And our email is sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And emails are like also for nerds. But anyway, that's our podcast this week. So we will see you next week when we talk about the song... Penny loafer saved is a penny loafer earned. <laughs> no, I thought we're doing we're doing a forget not slow down song next week. I think <laughs> we haven't decided what oh, yet. Tune in next week to find out. We just wasted two hours of your life.